Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. First, I thought that wedding photography is quite boring and awful, and it's also a lot of work. Like, who wants to take pictures at a wedding? Like, I want to go to the wedding and have fun at it. But they were really insisting and kind of said, well, we love your pictures, so how about you just take those kind of pictures as you want, but on our wedding day. As a video and TV editor, Anne-Catherine Cock was used to moving pictures rather than stills, but the thing she loved was telling stories. After some persuasion, she photographed a friend's wedding and now tells stories about two people on one very special day. I'm Matt Bowen, this is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. We've had a lot of wedding photographers on Phototypes so far, but Anne-Catherine Koch, who comes from Germany but now lives in the Midlands in the UK, is one who shoots on film. She loves the colour, the feel and the way it lasts. She also loves real ale and swearing, as we'll find out now. Hello there, Anne. Hiya, I'm alright. Thank you for having me on here. It's very excited. It's a pleasure to have you. We're very excited to have you. I know there's a lot of people that will be eager to hear what you've got to say. Um, Let's get started then and um, just tell us where you are now physically. Right, physically right now I'm in my office which is at home. I work from home most of the week apart from shooting weddings obviously and I'm kind of right in the middle of England more or less. I'm sort of on the border of Worcestershire and Birmingham and yeah like you said originally I'm from Germany so I haven't been here for that long. I moved here about five six years ago and before that I lived in Hamburg, Germany which is up north. I lived in Canada for a while, like an exchange student kind of thing. And yeah, been in England for five, six years. How are you finding England? How do you find it here? I actually really like it. It's it's quite funny because every time I go back home to see my parents or friends, I, there's a few things where I'm like, well, this is actually really nice coming back to Hamburg. But then as soon as I'm there for a few days, I start missing things about England, like pubs and, you know, just like mainly pubs. <laughs> And just people being, I think people are really nice in England. People are very, very friendly and they like to chat and are just, yeah, it's it's a good place to live on a daily basis, I think. I quite enjoy it. Yeah, I read that you are uh, keen on real ale. Uh, yeah, exactly. As am I. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a new thing for me coming to England, obviously. Like our beer in Germany is much more fizzy and cold. So I quite enjoyed that. Even though, because I'm from the north of Germany, our beer isn't as good as down south in Bavaria. But yeah. I shouldn't probably say that out loud in case anybody from the north of Germany listens. <laughs> what's but your, it's true. <laughs> what, what's your favourite beer in, in the UK, in England? There's two, actually. There's one, like, locally where I live, there's a brewery. They do Bathams Ale, right. okay. which is quite... Um, it's it's rather it's not that strong, but it's well known to uh, get you Batham's cranium the next day. 
So luckily for us, or I don't know if it's that lucky, but uh, our local pub serves that beer. So I quite like that. And um, there's a brewery up north in the Peak District called Thornbridge Brewery, and they do Jaipur, which is a IPA. Right. And I quite like that because it's just, it's it's a very modern kind of brewery. It's two young guys kind of came up with it a while ago, and it's very, it's nice and flowery and refreshing kind of pale ale sort of thing. Yeah. I, find so the, I highly recommend that. If I find the best bit about real ales is sampling them just to see which ones are you you prefer yeah exactly there's so many different ones you can't really nail it down to one or two that's why you just need to uh to try as many as possible i find right that's it <laughs> anywhere you go <laughs> yeah absolutely um okay so as you said you, you came over from germany and and that's that's your sort of physical location now is uh is in the uk but I want to ask you how you got to the moments that you're in now, and that can be again your physical moment, but it could also be your sort of um, I don't know, spiritual. Probably isn't the right word, but your <laughs> working moments and um, how you got to be a photographer. What's your story? What's your background? Sure. So my story kind of starts with um, I used to work as a film editor for ten years as a freelance film editor, and I did mostly music videos, advertising, and a bit of TV as well. So um, that was something that I started on a bit of a whim, actually. I always really loved films and movies and thought maybe I you know, can be like a director someday or something, but I had no idea how to do that. So I just started an internship as an editor for some odd reason. And I loved it so much because it's a very, it's a very, like nobody really knows much about what editors really do. And it's kind of, um, it's a very nerdy profession in a way like you have to really like it because it's quite intense and I think I just kind of got stuck into it so I did it for over 10 years one thing that I loved about it is that you get to watch a lot of amazing footage that great cameramen take and you kind of you judge it and you edit it and you kind of you're the one who's deciding how to tell the story really mm. and which parts to use to tell the story a certain way so that was something that I absolutely loved about that job. And I think it really trained me on a aesthetic level as well, like a visual aesthetic level that you get to see so many different um, pictures and images on a daily basis. And like you constantly have to make decisions whether or not this is a good picture, basically. So I think that sort of prepared me quite well for my own photography, which I've always I've always done a bit bit of photography on the side but more as a hobby type of thing and um, a few, de- few, few years down the line of being an editor I did a little assisting with an advertising photographer just because I thought I want to have a look what it's like to be a photographer for a living and I realized that what he was doing was not what I wanted to do with my photography namely what he was doing was kind of fulfilling someone else's creative idea and which is great if you know if you if you into just taking the pictures and and doing like the technical bits and all those kind of things but for me it was more about creating my own ideas and photographing them and doing that part of the whole experience so I thought I I kind of decided not to do it as a living because I figured you couldn't probably do what I wanted to do with it and make money with it and then I think it's just the normal story that a lot of wedding photographers have that somebody got married who I knew who saw my pictures and these were friends of my brothers and they said we love your pictures would you take some at our wedding 
Yeah. And I really was not into that. Because <laughs> yeah. at the I, first I thought that wedding photography is quite boring and awful and it's also a lot of work. Like who wants to take pictures at a wedding? Like I want to go to the wedding and have fun at it. But they were really insisting and kind of said, well, we love your pictures. So how about you just take those kind of pictures as you want, but on our wedding day? So we kind of struck a deal where we kind of said, I'll just do whatever I think is best. And then afterwards, if you like it, you'll have it. And to my giant surprise, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved working on the wedding day. Everybody was happy and had like an amazing time. And then afterwards, I got to sit at home and look at pictures and work on pictures, what I love to do anyway. And then I got to hand it off to people who were so happy that they started to cry when they saw the pictures. <laughs> and that was kind of the absolute anti moment to my normal daily job where people you know advertising executives come into the room and they're just miserable and hating everything and now people were happy and loving everything so I thought this is pretty good so I kind of went online had a quick look around and kind of figured there's actually people doing pretty cool stuff with wedding photography and yeah so I thought maybe this is a way of combining my passion for photography and you know finding people who like that sort of thing and pay me for it and that's kind of like how I started out and due to the fact that I was freelancing at the time already I was quite lucky that I could start out really slowly with the wedding photography and just kind of do it on the side without having to quit a job or not find the time to do it because the freelancing was quite irregular and maybe just you know 10 days a month or something so great story um, like you say a lot, a lot of wedding photographers do have this sort of backstory where there's not a lot of wedding photographers that I know that have trained to be a wedding photographer and then go straight from university or college or whatever into right, being exactly. a wedding photographer. They, they've all got this background and, a, and have done something else and then want to try and take that into into photography. So yeah, it kind of backs up that that theory as well. And and you've um, you mentioned it a little bit there so about some of the inspirations that you've got, but. Is there anything in particular that inspires your work or a whole lot of things that inspire you now? Mm, yeah, I would say so. I think, like you'd already hinted at, it's mainly, to me, it's films and movies. Like, I love, love, love watching films. And um, due to the fact that I worked in it for 10 years, sometimes it's a bit hard to switch off. Like, I guess, like musicians who listen to music and kind of hear all the mistakes or anything like that. So... I sometimes find myself quite, you know, watching films with a very critical eye. <laughs> yeah. But what I do take from it and what I find translates really well into photography is things like composition, lighting, storytelling, um, quite a lot, yeah. actually. Like there's a lot of photographers around these days, wedding photographers who do like a journalistic approach and say they're storytellers and they're kind of telling the whole story of the day. And I think that comes a lot from from watching films or looking at films and kind of, you know, having an opening shot, telling the story from beginning to end, those kind of things. And that's really, I think that's a big, big, big part of my inspiration. It's people like, you know, directors like David Fincher or Michel Gondry. Um, it's cameraman uh, like DOP Harris Savidas. I don't know if you know him, he did Zodiac, um, Milk or Elephant. He does a lot of the uh, David Fincher films, actually. And it's when once you start looking out for it, you can tell it's a certain language that certain people 
half and it's not just the directors it's people like the cameramen as well and I think it's that certain style and voice that people have and it's not just photographers who have that obviously so I find it really interesting to watch films and look at films with that in the back of my head basically yeah, I don't know if you're like me, but I watch films on my iPad sometimes, and I'll um, mm-hmm. I'll screenshot certain compositions. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, or colors even, like yeah. especially colors. For me, it's a big thing because, um, like you already mentioned at the beginning, I shoot film mainly. Yeah, and uh, part of the reason for that is when I was an editor, I kind of it was right in the middle of that transition from film to digital in the moving picture world. And I was able to see the big differences, especially in the beginning of colors and and uh, quality of the image. And it's stuff like that when I watch a film and I realize it's been shot on film, that makes me really happy <laughs> to see because it does have a different quality of light and depth and and all these things. So I quite like, yeah, I do I do a similar thing and I would watch films again and again because of how they are shot and what they look like. But it's not just... It's it's not just a visual thing, it's also it's stuff that makes me laugh as well. Like I love TV shows like Arrested Development, The Thick of It, Alan Partridge. Yeah. So just like kind of like everyday humour sort of heightened to a certain degree. That yeah. kind of stuff I like as well. And I think that that's something that I try and look for in my photography too. Like if you see something that has a certain humour to it that you make a point of photographing that bit. Excellent. As well as your inspiration then, who's your biggest influence? Uh, this could be something completely different, it can be along the same sort of lines, but um, a lot of people are influenced by you know, their family members or things that have happened to them personally. I wonder what's, what's your sort of influence on your day-to-day life? I think when it comes to weddings specifically, it's definitely things like my family. I'm quite close with my family and because I live in a separate country, yeah. It's sometimes a bit harder, so it's it's making the most out of the times when I do spend time with them. And I think because weddings are such a big family event, um, I like seeing those kind of connections between families, between people, and, and making a point of um, documenting that for, for them so that they can keep it as a memory in a way. But, yeah, and it's I think I, I, I would say that it's an influence on me, like my family in the way that, you know how I spend time with them how I was raised and those kind of things and and maybe being apart from them now at least on a physical level and therefore kind of I guess appreciating it even more when you are together because a lot of my I think a lot of my couples are similar in a way that they live in a different country or you know at least quite far away from their parents and the wedding day is like a big thing when people come back together and spend that time together it's quite special in that way. And how much, if you can give a percentage, how much percentage is uh, the couple that you're photographing an influence on the way that you will photograph a wedding? Um, Percentage-wise, it's hard to say. I think it might be, well, it's 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 a difficult question to answer because it's it's less about, like, the way I photograph is probably always the same because it's me and my way of photographing things. But I think the wedding itself is obviously influenced by the couple. And um, I'm quite lucky in that I get a certain type of client who has got very strong personal influences on their wedding day. So it's more how it ends up looking, I guess. Or, you know, like the things that I actually photograph are 
based on what the couple is like, yeah. but the way I photograph is, is usually quite similar because I look for the same things in every wedding, regardless of what the couple is like. But um, at the same time, I always try and get to know the couple as much as I can beforehand because it is, I think it is important to know what people want to get out of it as well. Some people are more interested in this part, other people are more interested in that part. And I always want to make sure that I understand what they're looking for, actually. That's fair enough. And, and what are those things that you do look for when you're shooting a wedding? Those specific things that you'll look for at every wedding? It's mainly emotions, connections between people. It's, it's all about the people that I'm looking for. So, again, like family connections or between the couple themselves, between their friends and them. Um, different stages of emotions throughout the day from being nervous in the morning to being really happy after the ceremony and then maybe quite emotional during the speeches. Yeah. It's always trying to see what's happening on an emotional level in between people and, and then looking for that and concentrating on that and trying to capture it as best as I can. Okay. And also, obviously, I mean, on a, on a purely technical level, it's things like the light and, you know, uh, composition, background, those kind of things, but at the at the foreground, it's definitely the people and the connections between them. Yeah, that's uh, that's good that you're driven by those emotions and and want to bring those out during during the wedding day because it is a very emotional emotional day, isn't it? And uh, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, let's turn things back a little bit now to you then. And um, I want to know what excites you, what excites you on your day-to-day -day life. And it doesn't have to be photography-based. You know, it can just be what sort of drives you to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I think what really excites me is anything, anything new and unknown in a way. You know, when, you, when you've got something special planned, you wake up in the morning and you realize today is the day where that's going to happen and it makes you instantly awake, whereas normally you're not that awake when you get up in the morning. Yeah. So anything that's kind of, yeah, fresh and new, like traveling to a place I haven't been to, uh, meeting people I have never met before, doing something I'm doing for the first time. So anything that's kind of, yeah, new, fresh, unknown, challenging, those are the things I think. On the flip side of that, what things scare you? I think it's actually exactly the same things because things that are new and unknown can be really, really scary. So, so you know, when you've got, like, the first day at work, it's quite scary to go to a place you haven't been to and see people that you've never seen before. And shooting weddings is usually, like, the first day at work every week. 
because you haven't been to that place, you haven't met those people before, and you kind of have to do your first day at work on that Saturday. But at the same time, I think because I've learned that the one thing that really drives me forward and gets me to new places is overcoming that kind of fear. So, sure. so recognizing that, like recognizing what scares me and then finding a way of getting over it is probably the number one thing that would, coming back to your first question, that would actually drive me, to be honest. I think it's interconnected, things that scare you and things that excite you. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, do you get nervous before every wedding? Oh, yeah. I get yeah. horribly nervous really? every single time. It's, it starts the evening before. <laughs> or I just get nervous and then I, I moan about being, you know, like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if, I, if it's going to be good enough. And then on the day, I get really nervous that, you know, you try and eat a big breakfast so that you're set for the day, but you're too nervous to actually eat much. And then the second I pick up the camera and start shooting, I'm good. So mm. that's... I love that that bit where you actually switch the camera on and start taking the first picture and suddenly everything is fine and you're kind of you're right there and you're in your zone and you can just start working away until the day's done and then you wonder what you ever know it's about because it usually works out perfect. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that are those nerves because you uh, think that you can't you won't do a good job or because you are worried that your uh, equipment's going to fail or a combination of of everything. Um, I think it's mainly the pressure of wanting to do a really good job for the couples because like we said before it's such an important day for them and you really don't want to let them down so it's kind of because it's all new it's unknown you never know what's going to happen on a wedding day so it's kind of dealing with those uncertainties and at the same time wanting to do the best job you could possibly do for those people so it's but it's an excitement more than than a nervous like in a nervous excitement yeah. in a way you know like butterflies which i think is quite nice to have because i always feel like as a kid you get really nervous about a lot of things and then when you grow up there's not that many things left anymore that you get that nervous about so i quite enjoy it in a in a weird way okay we're going to come on to a question now which i think is going to be quite popular during this um series of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it will get me banned from iTunes or not, but um, we'll see. <laughs> we may have to cut this bit out. Um, but what's your favourite swear word? It can be English or German, or it can be both. Right. I guess it would actually have to be German for me, just because it's... I think the way that we approach swear words is quite different in German. Like, I've never known about that way of, you know, kind of softening up swear words by using non-sweary versions of them which right. I think is a very American thing to do. But I think English people do as well. We don't really do that in German. Either we swear or we don't. Like, we don't try and make it sound any less harsh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, th I think I kind of miss sometimes swearing in German in a way because what I really like about swearing is the sound of the word. Like, the, the harsher or weirder it sounds, the better it feels to say it, right? Yeah. Like, so... That's what I miss most about it. So I think it has to be words that sound really appropriate for the for the situation. So, and I guess they're a bit hard to translate. So I don't really know how much sense this makes. But it would be stuff like Kotztute. Kotztute is good. Or Ugoschlonzer. I don't want to know the translations because they sound <laughs> good enough. Not to. They sound good <laughs> enough to me as swear words anyway. 
you're going to have to give us those to us again, but actually, like you mean it, like you are uh, swearing at me. Okay, yeah, like for example, you'd say, that guy is such a kotztutor. Or if this woman, she's a real ökoschlonzer. Right. Like it's a bit. It's, that sounds horrific. Though. Yeah, it's got it's got a bit more contempt to it. I think that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm going to uh, adopt that one. I think. <laughs> I can write it down for you later so that you know how to. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get you to do that, and uh, we'll put it on our <laughs> Facebook page so that uh, everyone else can see it as well, and, and they can learn how to uh, how to treat people <laughs> with disdain in German. Exactly. It's even harsher in German, I think, even though it's quite flat language. So when you are, um, if you do swear to yourself now, or if you swear now, um, do you actually swear in English? I think I do. It's it, it depends on where I am at the moment. Like if I'm back home in Germany for a few days and speak German with my parents, then I think I start to think in German again. But these days I think and dream and do most things in English at least the conscious thoughts yeah so it's only when I'm really tired like if somebody wakes me up I start shouting at them in German but other than that it's mainly English so swearing is definitely in English who's got the best variety of swear words German or English um I think Germans but that could also be down to me just knowing more, more of those varied swear words and with English it's probably that people need to teach me more you know like you've got like especially kids have got the best swear words don't they like really <laughs> weird combination of things so obviously because I grew up speaking German I know more of those in German than I would in English yeah well like the obscure ones yeah hopefully um you're obviously going to listen to the rest of these podcasts and uh, we're going to ask yeah. every, everybody these questions so hopefully this can help you learn something <laughs> learn about swearing as well as about <laughs> photography as well <laughs> away from photography if you could be anything else for a day and you know you've you've had quite a varied career as it is um what would you be right if it's just for a day i think it would be something i always wanted to be a doctor but I didn't really fancy going to university for so long and all those kind of things. So I think if it's just a day, it'd be like a surgeon. That'd be pretty good. Or a chef. I'd like that as well because I love to cook. And, you know, like all these stupid uh, kitchen shows on TV, it just it would be really, really cool to be one of those shouty chefs in a big kitchen. Yeah, and because it's only for a day, I re because I realise these are both like high-pressure jobs as well. If it's only for a day, I think I could take it. Yeah, you could um, you could be the German Gordon Ramsay and swear at people. Exactly. In German. Yeah, <laughs> I'm swearing in German the whole time. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, back to photography then. And who, living or dead, would you love to photograph? <sighs> Normally, I would say you know, like I love photographing older people because they're more interesting to photograph. But I'm also quite like if it's if it's like a big thing like you got only one chance of ever photographing somebody you normally wouldn't get the chance to do I think it would be somebody who's really interesting in what they do as a job or in their life so I think actually maybe what would be really cool would be Angela Merkel <laughs> just okay. because she, I think she's pretty good and um, it would be interesting to photograph her because um, I don't know if it's it's probably not been that big a deal over here in England but when she started out being our Chancellor um, People were just going on and on about how she's not a pretty woman, which I thought was pretty pretty harsh, considering how lots of male politicians look. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, 
Yeah, so she had like a whole uh, like overhaul and, you know, with makeup and hair and clothing and got like a stylist and all those kind of things. And so I think it would be really interesting to see what she's actually like in real life and then photographing her in a way that makes sense to me. I think that'd be interesting. Is uh, Angela Merkel like um, like your Susan Boyle then? <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I guess in a way she is. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be delighted with that comparison. I'm sure they both would be. The idea of this podcast isn't really a technical thing in terms of shooting photographs, in terms of aperture and shutter speed and all that kind of thing. Um, but obviously, it's aimed at photographers who want to kind of get inside people that they admire, get inside their their brains a little bit more. Um, but if you could give one piece of advice to another photographer listening to this, what would it be? I think if there's one piece of advice for anyone else, it would be um, to do the work. Like there's no shortcuts to get anywhere in life, especially with with your work. So you just have to you just have to do it yourself. Like you can't just go and um, read a book and then suddenly you know everything. Like it just takes time and practice and also I guess maybe in a way like don't get discouraged by that either like it does take a lot of time and practice to get anywhere so if you look back at the first wedding that you did for those friends of yours do you cringe or are you, are you proud of that or do you see how far you've come mix of both I'd say I cringe at some of the photos more though the processing I'd say because it's been quite a while and but I'm really like gen overall I'm quite proud of it because there's still some pictures that I look at them and I'm really happy that I've took them even today. Like, really, really glad I took them and I would still take the same picture without a doubt these days. And they still, like, they love my photography still. They're still big fans. So that's, I think that's a good sign. Just a final question. Who else should I be interviewing in this series of podcasts? Which photographers do you admire? Oh, if it's other photographers, um, well, I guess they have to be living not dead photographers for that, you to interview them. That would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm. I got to be honest. I look mainly at non-wedding photographers. Yeah. And I guess there'd be two people. One probably a bit harder to get a hold of than the other one. One of them is Gregory Crutzen. I don't know if you know him. No, I don't. He's know. an American photographer. He does these huge, elaborate setups. They're kind of like. Um, it's like a whole scene in one picture like you see it it's dark nighttime you see a house on one end with the lights on and a couple inside fighting and outside you've got a girl on a swing with like the sprinkler going over her and it's all done like I think it takes about 12 hours to set up these these shots and then he takes one shot and then that's it sort of thing so I think he would be really really interesting because his approach is so different to somebody doing documentary or journalistic kind of photography. Okay. And the other one would be Autumn DeWild. She's also an American photographer and she photographs musicians. She does like band photos, goes on tour with them. And she's been around for a long time as well. She did a lot of album work for people like Beck and the Eels and people like that. Yeah. So I think she would be really interesting because it seems like she knows everyone in the like Hollywood, LA music scene and she'd be fascinating to listen to just generally i think okay brilliant well i shall uh, go and chase after them too and i shall mention your name when i speak to them yeah definitely <laughs>
Well, thank you so much to Anne Catherine Cock for appearing on Phototypes. If you want to see her work, then go to Anne Catherine Cock, and Cock is spelled K O C H dot com. If you're enjoying Phototypes, do please say hello on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, all at Phototypes Pod. And you can find me, Matt Bowen, at theretreat.co on Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.